Welcome to the VoiceMe podcast, information and advice on the world of voiceover, presented by voiceme.co.za, the South African search directory for voice artists and related services. I'm Andrew Sutherland, founder of VoiceMe, and in this episode, I'll be speaking with industry veteran voice artist, content specialist, and producer, Kudi Maradzika, about her journey into voiceover. Passionate about where story and business meet, Kudi is a Zimbabwean-born multi-award winning actress, writer, executive producer and content specialist. She is passionate about creative storytelling for an African audience and as a voice artist, she has featured in regional and global campaigns for Discovery Bank, BBC, Netflix, Techno Mobile Global, Mercedes-Benz and Audi, as well as animation and video game characters. She is also the founder and creative director of Lincoln Green Media, which creates groundbreaking scripted content for Africa. Welcome to the show, Kudi. Wow, when you read it like that, that sounds a lot cooler. Thank you, welcome, and thank you, rather. I've known you a while now. We first met way back in 2014 when you were producing shows for Lucky Bean Media, and then more recently when we've worked together on MTV and Comedy Central shows for Viacom. But you were acting and doing VO long before all that, right? So what inspired you to get into voiceover, and how did you get started in the industry? So actually, I've been wanting to get into voiceover for the longest time since I graduated um, from UCT. And obviously, I've been mostly behind the scenes in terms of producing work. Hmm. But I think voiceover was like the one connection to performance that I still had, right? If you can't take huge chunks out of your day or time to go on set and be an actor, this is like the sneak thing that you do, right? Go for an hour, go for 30 minutes to record something. So I suppose it started off as an ambition to doing more performance stuff. And then it kind of ended up being a thing that I did to, to balance everything else while still retaining an aspect of performance. Right. So what do you believe are the most important qualities for someone to have in order to succeed in the industry? And, you know, how do you go about preparing for a VO session? Can I tell you? Okay, I'm not going to name anyone. But, you know, when I started out, I was with this one agency and the three to four year period I was with them, I only got one voiceover recording. And I remember the lady, the agency, gave me a list of agencies to contact in terms of the creative teams. And she was like, email the people directly, email them your voice clips. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, you're getting paid. So <laughs> so for three years in the ambition of wanting to be a voiceover artist, I never got any work. So I had done a reel whilst I was still in Cape Town before I moved to Joburg. It was a very cool one. And then I was just kind of waiting uh, for three years. And then I realized that I just kind of had to follow the yellow brick road or the brick rums. And it seemed that all of the top voice artists in the country were represented by one person, <laughs> which is where I eventually ended up. And I think what you need to to answer your question, what you need to do well in this industry is to right at the beginning, you're going to have to say yes to almost everything <laughs> because the goal is to get your name out there so that people know you, people know your voice, people know the sound of your voice. But it's also a case of people knowing that you are reliable. So when the big job does come, which is not just internal peace or something else, then they consider you front of line. So it's just a lot of perseverance, as is the case with everything else as well. I mean, I talk a lot about marketing and getting your voice out there to, to clients and ways to market yourself as a voice, especially when you're starting out and you're kind of relatively unknown. And I always tell everyone that asks me, you know, direct marketing is the only way to go. Mm. No one 
when you're starting out as far as agents are not necessarily going to kind of take you onto their books if you don't have much to show yeah, for it. Yeah, that's true. They actually want to see that you've done work already. Yeah. And you have something to show, even if you've got amazing demo reels, yeah. you know, they're not necessarily going to have a space for you on their books. So until you can get an agent, uh, you know, you kind of got to DIY it. You've got to oh, do absolutely. your own thing. And direct marketing, you know, trawling LinkedIn and finding mails and finding clients on your own is really the only way to go in the beginning. Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, I've also been on the receiving end of some of those direct marketing pieces. And sometimes the one piece of advice I would give to people is wherever possible, read the room, because sometimes you get people who send through their voice clips and it's not necessarily fitting with the brand, for example, of what you're working with. I always think if someone does like the extra bit of research to find what shows, for example, like when I was producing for Paramount, what shows we were producing and then they did a voice demo aligned to the shows we were making, that would have sold what they were doing a lot better than, you know, just a random, hi, I'm a voiceover artist, this is what I do because I don't necessarily know what to do with that. So, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of guys do their demo reels and they have these huge versatile ranges of stuff. They're like, I can do anything. But the reality is you probably shouldn't be doing everything that you should is just, true you should be niching down and focusing on what the client that you're marketing yeah. to actually does yeah like if you're producing promos for a broadcaster they don't care about your corporate narration demo. No. They, they just want to hear your promo exactly real and you know market that and you know do a bit of research ahead of time you know know who you're talking to and don't try to market to the company find a person yeah that's relevant to whatever they're doing find the promo director or whatever yeah. at the company and get their details and market the promo reel to them and you'll have more luck. Yeah. And I would say in addition to that, and I hate it when people ask you to do things for free. The first 10 voiceovers that I did, I did for free. I did because I needed to attach my voice to visuals, cool visuals. Mm. And I'm not an advocate for not getting paid. You have to get paid your worth. Yeah. But it's also a case of you need to be strategic. If what you want to leverage is your voice and the output is you get some sort of reel that's attached to visuals, that's actually what I believe then sold it to agencies more because they suddenly had a voice to visuals and they could see it coming alive. Of course. So wherever possible, yeah, as you said, find the people who are the right people to know, but also you're going to have to do like one or two freebies. <laughs> I've always said, and another voice coach that I've spoken with, she's actually said, that for her, she would rather do a voice for free than for cheap. And and I, I really think that's quite an important thing to do. What does she mean by that? I think what she was really getting at is that she doesn't want to undervalue herself as the voice. Mm -hmm. So if a client doesn't have the right budget for it, rather say to them, cool, well, I'm going to do this for free. Next one is going to be full rate and you're going to see what I can do. And you know, do that. And you build that relationship like that. That's smart. Rather than saying, okay, well, I'm going to do this for like a thousand bucks when yeah. it should be like 5,000. So they understand that they're actually getting a 5,000 Rand VO as a kind of good gesture, a yeah. good faith gesture, rather than something that they're just underpaying for, because then they're going to end up just wanting that same low exactly. rate forever. So, exactly. and I think that's worked for her. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely worked for me in that, not that I've done a lot of freebies, but I have had occasion where a client has come in to do their own voice and not used a, a voice artist. And I've kind of struggled with that session and ended up, you know, saying, guys, well, let me give it a go. Yeah. And if you like it, 
you can use it. You've paid me for the studio time, so I'm not really doing it for free, free, but there's no voice usage attached to it. And I've pulled up clients like that that, mm. that regularly now use me for voice at my normal full rate yeah. because they've seen the worth that it brings. So yeah. I'd say it is a good strategy. It does kind of work. It might not work for everyone, yeah. but it definitely has worked for me. Yeah, that's true. I want to talk about uh, voice training and coaching. Um, it's something that you mentioned that you wanted to chat about. Um, so what do you think is the best way to improve VO skills? So, uh, you know what it is? It's a lot of the time, and there's a few people that I mentor within this space who mm. want to get into voice um, voiceovers. And sometimes they'll send you just a thing of just them reading. And it's mm. cool, it's articulate, it sounds great. But what I always say to people is, being a voiceover artist is also a lot about performance. Mm. So for me, a lot of what I use in order to, you know, project a certain feeling is the training that I did because I was at UCT um, in the drama department there for a while. So, you know, I use some of those skills in order to emote because at the end of the day, you can get anyone who sounds great, who can articulate nicely, but what they actually want a lot of the times is a feeling mm -hmm. more than anything else. They want to be able to sell that to an audience. So I suppose the training that I can recommend for everyone is just performance training. I would say performance training and reading out loud is what, what ultimately helped me yeah. to get to this point. And, and other than uh, the training and stuff that you did at UCT, have you worked with VO coaches specifically since then? No, but I do work with a vocal coach and what that has helped, it's, it's quite tremendous, hey, because you think, what does singing and voiceovers have anything to do with each other? And it's, it's a lot to do with the breathing um, because I used to be, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's kind of like the timbre of my voice would never reach its full potential because I wasn't breathing properly. Mm. And the moment I started doing vocal classes, it's suddenly like I was the voice became more full-bodied, like an aged whiskey in, in a sense. Yeah. So it kind of gave me the range in terms of what I can emote in terms of um, lower sounding parts of my voice because I was always like in the middle to higher registers sound. I get yeah. sent castings a lot where like I have to do like a girly voice and sometimes it would annoy me. But now <laughs> I'm trying to push that register a little bit more deeper to sell like the sultry sort of alcohol brands and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, that's great. I mean, if you think about a script, it is kind of like a song. It'll have mm. a melody. It'll have an intention to it. You know, it'll be written with a kind of style in mind from the copywriter side. And I mean, a, a, and you've written tons of promos and scripts, I'm sure. <laughs> so you'll have something in mind mm. for whatever voice is going to perform that script. So if they have singing training or vocal training and they can just kind of get it and kind of work out that melody of the script, yeah. for lack of a better word, you know, it makes your job as the the director quite easy Much because easier. they'll get it quicker. You'll get a great performance, mm. and also it makes them more versatile. They'll be able to adjust that melody and, and exactly. get, it, get it right. I I like the analogy of of it being a melody because it is because there's so much you can do, but so much you can add that's slightly different um, that the director wasn't even thinking of. Improvisation in a yeah. way, yeah. Is there any other resources or tools that you recommend for new voices? to use in training and development? Yeah, people who tell you the truth. <laughs> because sometimes people will send you demos and someone somewhere has told them that it sounds great and I'm for constructive criticism. And sometimes I think um, that is the best way to get people to the stage they want to be, right? 
Um, and inasmuch as, as I said, I get a lot of voices that can articulate well, can speak well, but they don't, they're not selling anything. Or unfortunately, they sound a little bit like everything else that I've heard. I don't know, there's this generic TV sounding voice that everyone does that kind of sounds like a mix between the old Mnet voice and Wonang that everyone seems to do, even the guys, it's weird. So I would say it's that, but also... I think the most important thing with what I just said in mind is you have to find your own voice. You have to find the thing that is distinctly you because that is what people are going to catch on to. If your thing is a gravelly voice, like there's a girl who does the superbalist voices, she's got such a distinctive voice and it works so well for the brand. And if you can find a thing that makes you you, that's also great. So essentially what you're saying is uh, be yourself. Don't try to put on a, a character or something Exactly. Unless directed to, of course. But, Unless directed but, to. But, uh, you know, just in general, be yourself. Just be yourself, yeah. And don't try to be something you're not. Niche down. If high energy, crazy retail reads are not your thing, you know, look at corporate narration yeah. or, or something else. Yeah. There we go. You know, I mean, for myself, I do a lot of corporate narration because that's the kind of voice that I've got. I've got the kind of deepish mm you know, late 30s, early 40s style voice. So I do a ton of corporate narration and most of my voiceover work is in that field. I do a commercial here and there, but it's not something that I really market mm. out to. I mean, most of the guys that I'm marketing to for voiceover work is is for my niche, that corporate narration, e-learning, yeah. that kind of stuff. So really, it's like stick to your strengths and yeah. obviously be versatile so you can do other stuff. Mm. That's very interesting that you said that because I think it was also one of the learning points for me because you get in there and everyone wants to do the big commercials, the the Audis, the Mercedes, the this and the that. And not only is it hard for you to sometimes break into that, but it's also the corporate work comes a lot more (laughs) Mm. than the big commercial pieces as well. So versatility is important for you to be able to earn, um, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I've also done Audi and not for South Africa, funnily enough. I I did some stuff for Middle East. Nice. But it started off as doing corporate side. Interesting. uh, Voice, internal voice stuff for their staff onboarding or training or explainer stuff and then the producer that was doing that said well we think we'd you'd actually be really great for nice. this ad it never flighted in SA it was only ever flighted in, in Dubai mm. but what I'm saying is some genres of VO will lead to others, to others yeah uh, which is which is quite nice That's but fair. you don't have to go straight for the big paying TV commercial yes client you can start off somewhere Smaller, else yeah. that's kind of linked and yeah. then move on to that yeah absolutely yeah so the voiceover industry has really changed over the last, say, 10 years or so. Has it? What did it? What was it like before? I have no idea. I've only started working. <laughs> I've only been working for the past five years. So. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let, let's, let's talk the last five years then. It's, it's definitely changed a little bit in the last five years as well. Have you seen any trends that you've noticed in, since you started VO and kind of now in 2023? Oh, wow. That's a very good question. Um... I would say there is, <laughs> it's a trend, but it's not really like the best thing. I find it more annoying than anything when they, you know what, when you get a description that says neutral, for me is the biggest confusion point ever because I just don't understand. It's either neutral, which is a non-explainer explainer, or um 
pan-African accent <laughs> is the other pet peeve that I have because I'm just like, what is that? I, we I are su- not, there's yeah. no Wakanda. <laughs> I, I suppose, yeah, I, th- I think that's also because mass media has yeah. kind of defined the African accent as whatever you hear in Marvel. As whatever, exactly. Mar- the Marvel movie oh, accent, the right? the curse. <laughs> um, so, I mean... I guess I've I've seen that too. I mean, one of one of the things, the di- directions that we've seen ton tons of scripts over the years is you know be conversational, hmm. and that's always going to stick around because people and especially brands are looking for that personal, yeah, everyday kind of voice. So they don't want it to sound like their their audience is being spoken at, yeah, rather than spoken to, yeah. So I mean, I, would, I don't know if that's a new trend really. That's been around for ages, but. Definitely from, at least from the voice me side, because we've got stats on what people are searching for. And those kind of keywords, like conversational, neutral, pan-African, those things are coming up and becoming more and more searched for. We're a South African search directory, so I can't say it's a global thing, but people are looking for the the everyday voice. Mm. They're not looking for necessarily anyway, depending on what they're producing but they're not looking for a big giant movie trailer style thing yeah they're looking for just regular people yeah Um, so that's that's something that i've noticed for Mm. sure and it's come up in the stats from the site as well just talking about trends in vo like gaming and animation is becoming more and more popular more and more voices are being added to games they're Mm. becoming more like cinematic the games that are being produced tell us about uh animation and gaming how did you get into these coveted genres that everyone wants to be in. <laughs> okay, without revealing too much, I would say the animation came along as it was an audition that I sent through to my agent, but also the video game piece was also, it is a culmination of many years of pestering people. <laughs> that is the honest truth. Uh, pestering people and then putting together a little bit of a voice demo. So what I could suggest to people if you want to get into those fields is find an animation that you know and you love and try and just take out work with a very talented, you know, audio engineer like yourself. Mm. Uh, try and extract the voices, the voices that are already there, and then put your own voice in there so that people can actually just see what you can do range-wise. So kind of recreate a, so, an animated yeah, scene re- with your own voice. Recreate an animated scene with your own voice. So I did that, like I did a few of those, and then I did a few for video games as well. I sent it to everyone, literally. There was this one person I knew who was in video games, and she led me me, she suggested a few agencies, reached out to them, pestered them. They ignore me the first three times. They really did. Fourth time, they're like, okay, cool, that's fine. And even though the roles that I'm getting are very small, it's the beginning hey, of something. That's some, a start as well. I mean, yeah. I, I did a, a game many years ago and I've only ever done the one and I've been hoping to try to get more and more and more out of this client. And it was really just luck. Mm. Uh, I happened to do a fun kind of soldier style demo that I'd put up onto one of these casting platforms and it just got found at the right time I guess they were looking for a South African voice for their game a lot of the characters in the game were supposed to have this neutral English accent (laughs) uh, which doesn't really exist let's call it what it is Um, but they were looking specifically for South African voices to to voice these characters so that they wouldn't sound American or British or or Australian so I guess South Africa could be neutral. I mean, we wouldn't see it that way because we can hear the difference. But Mm. to the rest of the world, South African accent is quite neutral. So I was lucky. It was right place, right time. Yeah. And it was fun. I ended up playing a 
pilot type character on the kind of human side of the game and on the other side there was a, an alien counterpart oh, which cool. I did the same which I also did the voice for but obviously that was more alien-esque it was yeah. more, more gritty and crazy and like down there and oh gurgly. that's fun oh um, man if I could it was do... a lot of fun but wow it's uh, the, the amount of work that went into that session was mm. absolutely exhausting that's actually one of the things that I found especially with the animation piece because that was a very long record and it was exa- it was about like five hours actually of just mm. like recording and in my mind I thought wow I thought it was just simple I thought you just go in there and you do a thing but they want the variations as you said yeah. Um, and it takes a lot out of it. But and it, was that on an animation or was that on a game? That was on the animation um, okay. piece that I did. So I can't say much, but I will say that it's an exciting time to be within the animation space yeah. in South Africa. There's lots that's coming up, a lot that's happening, a lot of like young producers that are really making some cool stuff. There's a series that's coming out later on this year. I think it's called Kizazi Moto, which is just a glimpse into the many things that are happening right now. And that's, I think, Disney produced. It's an anthology series of seven different African animation pieces. So okay. it's it's exciting. There's a lot of cool things that were never possible five years ago. Okay. So, so I mean, that's that's maybe going back to the, with the trends that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Maybe that is a trend that's coming up. Maybe more animation is being produced than, mm. than I thought because I've spoken to other people and they're like, oh, where do we find animation work? We can't find anyone that's producing these things locally. Really? Triggerfish like, is making a lot like, of stuff. I mean, that's the one that comes to mind, right? Yeah. But other than that, I off the top of my head, I can't think of any others. Oh, really? um, so personally, I haven't been targeting that kind of work because that's not where my niche is. Mm. But uh, for guys that are looking at getting into animation, Kudi says there's more out there than you think. There's more out there than you think, but also you're going to have to hustle hard. And if you can, what I will say, though, is if you can also make contact with agencies out of the country, that is where you'll probably find a lot of the actual work coming through. Because it wasn't until I did that that, you know, a door broke open and there was this small opportunity, but an opportunity nonetheless. So, yeah, that's great. people. And then just while we're here, um, let's talk about Lincoln Green Media. What are you working on at the moment? What cool stuff do you have on? Gosh, I love how it sounds like this thing, but it's literally just me and the ideas that swirl around in my head. Uh, (laughs) So currently in development for a series for Netflix, a Netflix original, which is quite exciting. It was part of the Realness Lab 2021 submissions, and it got picked for development. So it's an exciting story. I can't say anything. NDA. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) And then there is another project that we're doing with French company, which is very cool. It's going to be a co-production, also very much based in South Africa. Also comedy, crime, drama, which for some strange reason has become the genre that I am making most content out of. Fallen into that. Yeah, yeah. fallen into that. So excited about those two. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Kudi is fluent in French as well. So (laughs) I'm guessing that helps with getting uh, extra clients from France. Not really, because whenever they speak French, I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to keep quiet (laughs) because my accent is off and the tone. And yeah, I try my best. I just say one or two words and they're like, oh, and then we carry on in English. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to win that battle. Well, thank you very much, Kudi. You've definitely given me and the listeners of our podcast a lot to think about and exciting if anyone wants to if anyone listening out there that's a client or producer wants to book you for voice where do they find you How you can, they can get find me on my website which is kudisco.com that's k-u-d-i-s-c-o.com and there's a contact page there where you can pop me an email or you can pop my agent an email and we can go from there fantastic Kudi, thanks so much for coming in it's Thank been you. great chatting with you 
Thank you so much. And that brings us to the end of this episode. To summarize what Kudi and I spoke about, practice, practice, practice. Get coaching for your performance and you can only get better from there. Be yourself and stick to what you're good at first. Then move into other genres of voice when you're ready. Be specific on your demos and auditions and only market what's relevant to the clients you're targeting. And finally, there's more gaming and animation work out there than you think. You just gotta hustle hard to find it. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me and my support team at support at voiceme.co.za. Leave a comment here or give me a call on 0861 VoiceMe. That's 0861 864 2363 if you're in South Africa. And to sign up for a VoiceMe profile, register from the homepage at voiceme.co.za. And as always, I strongly believe a constructive social environment for our users, whether they be artists, clients, producers, or talent agents, is highly beneficial for our industry. Like, follow, and engage with VoiceMe and each other on at VoiceMeSA on all social networks. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, turn on automatic downloads, or click the bell icon to get notified so you don't miss our next one. I'm Andrew Sutherland, and that's it from me here at VoiceMe for this week. Cheers for now.